Hello, welcome to Back to the Point. Uh, my name is Migs. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined by my commiserating friend, Ian. And Ian, there are many sad things to discuss this week, and uh, where would you like to start? <laughs> I don't really want to choose. <laughs> Can we just talk about uh, like a good season from well, the past? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm looking at the standings, and we are last in the Western Conference. Ooh. And the last ten record, you know the you know the NHL.com where it has the last ten games, the record of that last ten games, we're not the worst. But so, you can argue that's... the Sharks are the worst team in the league right now because we have the worst. No, we're not. We're not. We're very by, bad. By what? I think like as Sharks fans, we've been blessed that like. The fact that the Sharks are this bad, like we're still, other teams are still. Yeah, worse. no, there's two like, that's worse. If you but look they have at the, the league, same points. Yeah, <laughs> they have the same number of points, and technically, <laughs> no, Ottawa. So Detroit probably is just as bad as we are. But one of them has their last played ten. As many games. They are one eight and one. Oh, that's pretty bad. Detroit has played fifteen games, which is why I said Detroit. So our last ten games were three six and one. Detroit is one eight and one. Ottawa has only played 12 games, so even though they only have seven points, I'm not really including them. And they're three, six, and one, so they have a better points percentage than we do. Yeah, that's what um, I'm saying. And, 20, yeah. and, and Detroit has let in four more goals than their, yeah, their goal differential is a negative 20, and we're minus, they're negative 24, and we're minus 20. Uh, so. Stop. And they've scored. But I less guess than from, us. from ratio of. So they're worse. Ratio of. We're not the worst. Yeah, but ratio of t- <laughs> we're only twenty. Ratio of talent on the team to, and it's yeah. what's expected to what what's happening is, you know, bad. they're worse, but we're failing. Yes, more. that's a good way to put it. We're definitely failing more than anybody else. <laughs> Detroit's yeah, not but expected. At least we'll to be have like a yet. lottery pick this year. Oh wait, what's that? I said at least we'll have a lottery pick this year. Oh, oh yeah. wait. That's a, what did you say? Sorry, I, I, no, I, I just I was affirming that yeah we're failing big time. Um, so speaking oh, of man, the failure, that's that, where should we even start? I think we've we're having a bit of a uh, maybe a change in our viewpoint a little bit as as the badness has progressed yeah. regarding the coaching and it's 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 more nuanced because it's, it's just not changing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's not it's adapting. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, so I, last podcast we recorded uh, and published on the October 13th, we either had not yet watched the Calgary game or it was in progress or we had finished it, um, but we won that game. And then we, pers- then we won versus Carolina on the 16th, and then we lost against Buffalo, and then lost against Buffalo in regulation, and then won against Montreal, and then lost against the Maple Leafs, and then lost against Ottawa, which was the season low. And then we lost against Boston, which was the new season low. And then uh, we're recording this on Sunday. So on this past Friday, we lost against Winnipeg with a arguably good performance against the sh- that the Sharks had against the Jets uh, with 50 shots, 18 against, but we still lost. And then I think the new low of the season was last yesterday's game versus Vancouver. They're reaching new lows. Where they just <laughs> – Yeah, it's sad. It's like they just like 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you could even argue that the Winnipeg game was a was a low in the sense that like they they pushed so hard Confirmed and couldn't, the goalies couldn't can't win. do anything like, for us. It's pretty bad that yeah. if you play so well but you can't execute, right? That's just that just drives you crazy. That's one of those games that just drives you insane. Well, yeah, but also the thing is is like the 50 shots look make the make it look like the Sharks just dominated the game the whole time. And the whole first period, it was pretty evenly matched. And then the second period, they they dominated for sure. And then they dominated for about 10, 13 minutes of the third period. And then it was about even, or maybe even Winnipeg was going a little bit. So they, they didn't even control the whole game. They just had an insane period where they got 28 shots and then it followed up with a good half of the next period. So it's a, that was a good game. It was a very good game from the Sharks, but it's... I think it's the shot count makes it look a little bit out of proportion. But the fact is, is that we had 17 high danger scoring chances for or just scoring chances that we put up and then they put up two and then had two goals on them. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, yeah, of those 50 shots, maybe not all of them are great looks, but the two that they had, they scored on, you know, like we can't even finish like that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, and, and it's just let's, hard. Uh, it I'm not an expert at this. I'm definitely not, mm-hmm. yeah, not an expert at this disclaimer, but I kind of wanted to think about the sports psychology side of this because I think when you're part of a losing team and you're going through this losing stretch, there is something to be said about what it does psychologically to players and maybe how they oh. play differently, how they view the games, the decisions that they make. And, you know, we were talking about the the star players on the Sharks really struggling and they just don't look like the players that we've known them to be. We know that they can be. And uh, they're they're flailing. I mean, sometimes you can see them putting effort in, but it's wasted energy. Sometimes you just don't see them at all, and you question the efforts. I mean, it's uh, it's you can't really say that they're not trying. Of course, they don't want to just keep losing. No one's saying they're not yeah. trying. I think Kerr's even asked that. And then he got like a an answer from Couture and a little bit of like side eye when Couture asked that he's like, no, one's not trying. Yeah. I, I sum up in saying no, one's not trying. They're just executing. Poorly. Yeah. But you like, like I said, sometimes, you know, players aren't visible and it's, it's, it would be easy to be like, well, you're mm-hmm. not trying hard enough. But I think from this, from yeah, this standpoint, I mean, if, if you've got something that's like a mental block, that's holding you back. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to put mm-hmm. a finger on what you would call the opposite. I think the coaches have used that, that word swagger or like you could say confidence. Yeah. And there's just, there's that element of, you know, knowing that you can do what you can do and, <laughs> and going out and doing it. And that's so, that's mm, so believing yourself and trusting yourself. Yeah, I mean, if you feel like you're not worried, it's so, it's like so hard to put your finger on it. It's like, when you're losing and then you just almost like expect that it's not going to happen <laughs> for you mm-hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't. And then it's confirmed when the NHL blows calls for interference. Yeah, it's, well, there's, a, there's a lot of self, it's like a lot of perpetuation. Like the, it, it's like a cycle that can tend to build on itself. So building out of yeah. breaking out of that cycle with, uh, I mean, to some extent you, you, breaks go against you sometimes but breaks go with you sometimes and they gotta take advantage of those breaks but i mean it's just been um it's like uh 
the aspect of like willing yourself to win it's like they're they're down in the dumps so putting in that extra bit of energy high energy of being pumped is hard because they're down in the down in the dumps (laughs) yeah uh, i completely agree with everything you say like it's it's gonna take a, a couple games for that like let's say they they get themselves going right like the season won't be turned around until they get, you know, like maybe like a, a win streak of three or more or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, like that's not even, I'm not saying as soon as they get a win streak of three, it's turned around. Like if you see their play turn around and maybe they lose a game and then it's a win or a lose or a win or a lose, like it will take more for them. It will have to be more so the needle can't be like 50, 50. It's going to have to be clearly in the, in favor of the team for them to really feel like that's going to go behind them. Um, But to your point that you are making, it's on the players like that, that explains why it is hard. It maybe adds context to why things are going the way they are because it starts to snowball and then maybe it just gets harder and harder to stop the worse and worse it gets. And that makes it get worse and worse, but they're professional athletes and this is a big part of their job. And um, you know, they need to, they need to do what needs to be done to get over it. And the coaches need to do whatever they can to get the team out mm-hmm. of it. So it's, it's, it's not in any way an excuse. It's just another failure. Yeah. I, I will say though, that, you know, like I said, it's a cycle that builds on itself and the longer it lasts, the, the, the lower, like you said, we, the team keeps on reaching new lows. And I, I think Couture even said I, either after last night or the night before he was saying, you know, he's been with the team for a long time and he's never gone through a period where it's this been this bad. So it's like a new experience mm-hmm. for him and probably a new experience for a lot of guys on the team. I think a lot of people that, on the team because the Sharks have been very competitive for a very long so time. Dominant. So it's a new experience mm-hmm. of just, you know, completely and utterly failing and sucking uh, despite despite all the talent that they have. And it's, I mean, it's it's still relative, relatively early, thankfully. So, I mean, you could be hopeful. You could I mean, be down on things. There's There's probably a number of different ways you can look at it, but... Um, it's an experience that they have to learn from in some way and, and have to respond. They have a lot of time to respond. I mean, it's easy to be down now, but it's not, it's not over yet, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it early anymore. It's, it's we're, early for almost 20%. It's early season. in the sense that there's what 67 games left in the season. Like that's a lot of what I'm saying is there's a mm-hmm. lot of season. It's not early in the sense that 15, 16 games have already been played, but there's a lot of games left and it's not like this, to fix it. Yeah. yeah, it's not like this team is just going to be like, you know, 65-game lose. <laughs> that's not, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. what's going to happen to this team, right? Because um, mm-hmm. and- that doesn't even happen to, like, this, like the, the Senators, I think, were the worst team last year. Like, that didn't even happen yeah. to them. You know, they got – I can't recall, but they didn't finish the season with the pace of points they are currently on, which was something like 50 points. You know, they finished – you know, in the sixties or seventies or something like that. And there's a lot of ways this could still go. I mean, this could just be a bad year and the sharks, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they work their way back up to that 50, 50 level, maybe like sort of winning a little bit more, but you've already fallen in the hole and they don't really catch up. 
I mean, they could have a really big turnaround like they've shown several times in the last few years. Last year, they had that stretch of 20, 25 games where they were the best team in the leagues. In 2016, mm-hmm. when they went to the cup final, they had an amazing second half after, all the, after the all-star break, having uh, like a ton of points in, in games, like even if they lost in, in overtime or whatever. Um, so, I mean, this this and then even last year, I mean, again about last year and maybe the year before this team showed resiliency in the sense that even if they were down um, they had the capacity to come back which is something we have not seen at all this year (laughs) yeah and I think I think you're you're right in pointing out that historically this the teams have the I think the hardest uh um uh, part for this team that they've gone through before this season as a team was last season, just the start of last season, you know, for the current players on the mm-hmm. team where that's the most adversity they've faced, but they were just losing, you know, the numbers were there. They were scoring a lot. Um, they were just giving up a lot of breakaways and they needed to stick more to defense, but like, you know, five on five scoring was there. Timo was one of the top five on five scorers in the whole league last year. Hurdle, Couture, Timo all doing really well. LeBanc showing more. Like it was it was there, just unfinished. There's nothing yeah. on this season. So while you state that, like, you know, we've gotten out of a hole before, we got out of a hole before when we were, you know, given a grappling hook that we had that we forgot we could use, you know, Mm -hmm. like we could rely on the fact that like, Oh, you know what? Like we do have the majority of our game settled. We need to, you know, work hard and get it and pull ourselves out of the hole. Like currently the sharks are in a hole and we have nothing except for another shovel to dig a hole deeper. Yeah. And we keep on starting our goal. (laughs) We're digging us deeper. We'll talk about the goal, goal tending in a little bit, but I I want to say on that note, it, it it's kind of disappointing because they they started off with that four, it is disappointing. That four game losing streak and then they won three in mm-hmm. a row and we're starting to put things together yeah. and even that loss to buffalo that first game that was like a competitive really ex- that was the fun the most fun game to watch this season i think perhaps that first game against buffalo and then i think it started to waver and then you know they beat Montreal. i mean they took buffalo to overtime the, the yeah. next game so it even kind of carried yeah. over. And then Montreal was like, they kind of got outplayed a little bit, but Dell was amazing in goal. And then that mm-hmm. Toronto, I think that game against Toronto was the, the pivot point because they played really well defensively, but they were getting out, outplayed uh, from the offensive standpoint. I mean, the Maple Leafs were really bringing it to them. Got, granted, it was the second night of a back-to-back, kind of understandable. They were holding their ground. Mm-hmm. It kind of fell apart at the end. That was realistically probably more like a 2-1 game. Yeah, they got an empty net and then a, like a, yeah. a garbage time goal with like 20 or 30 seconds. And we could also left. say that giving up that goal at the end of the second was pretty killer. It's like they also did that um, giving up goals at the end of the periods. You know, that, that mm-hmm. that's an issue. And then just after that Toronto game, it's just been – it's been all trashed. bad in like some way, except like that research. Each, each game Winnipeg. is almost the new low. Yes. Yeah. Even, even when it's been the, in a way. Yeah. Winnipeg was, was sad and it definitely was a, was not a new low, but it went Ottawa on. This was a whole week. It was Sunday to Saturday. 
Ottawa's on Sunday, new team low. We have Tuesday was Boston, new team low. And then it was Friday. They're like, we can't do this. We need to nip this in the bud. Tried really hard, but they didn't even start that hard against Winnipeg. It was only in the second period where they got things going after already going down early, which is a huge issue on mm-hmm. this team. And then they, uh, you know, had a had an overall good performance. But then on Saturday, they have a new low when they played Vancouver. Did you happen to see that interview that Brody Brazil did with uh, Doug Wilson? Yeah, and I'd like to comment on that because Doug Wilson doesn't really do interviews with the media. Yeah. Right? Like maybe an article will get put out, but when he is appearing on the TV feed in game, that is a message. Uh-huh. He like he is appearing to the media for a reason. You know, like that is, you know, the next step that he does is like you know go into the room <laughs> and have a, a team meeting like last yeah. year. He's like, guys, I'm right? here. This is I this is the first this the appearance. first couple of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up because he said something kind of along the lines of what you were saying, I mean, about how in Winnipeg they didn't really get started till the second period. He said, we're still looking for the sustained, you know, period-to-period consistency and good mm-hmm. play. And like you said, you c- I didn't see the first two periods of Winnipeg yet because of broadcasting issues. But, I mean, if they didn't start out well, and you're just looking at like they started out okay, but they weren't in control. Right. I mean, it was like it was an even game. The context of the last two games, where they were, like you said, the the two lowest lows of the season, and to you'd expect to come out of the gate flying, right? Especially against Winnipeg, who is it's just, that that's just extremely frustrating because Winnipeg is a depleted team, right? Uh, they yeah, don't have, they have line like in addition to yeah, they, uh, their defensive core not being there. Um, that's just, that's not really an excuse, right? Um, you should beat that team. And, uh, so I, yeah, it's, I I don't know where I'm going with this beyond that, but I, you know, even the general manager is saying like, we're looking to have consistency that they don't have. Yeah. And what was it? The game before they were called soft by their, by their, uh, Team. By their coach. By their coach. So let's talk about yeah. DeBoer like roasted the team and said you guys are soft, which just is like the exact opposite of hard to play mm-hmm. against. Now, do you want to share your thoughts on DeBoer and the coaching staff, or do you want me to go first? <laughs> um. Well, so what are the issues that we see? I think it's very clear. We've said five on five. Um, I think that's well documented in pretty much all of Sharks media and uh, fan base. It's pointed out on, I think on the broadcast, it's pointed out by articles by Kurz and other people very well understood that the sharks like five on five scoring is terrible. Yeah. Um, And play in general. Yeah. Like I'm just looking at goals for percentage and the sharks are the worst in the Mm -hmm. league at five on five. Um, Yeah. Just like goals for, we have the second lowest in the league. Goals against were the first in the league. Those two numbers make up goals for percentage, <laughs> which we are worse than the league at, at 32%. The best team is the Bruins at 61%, almost double. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's brutal. Extremely brutal. Yeah, so, I, I, like, 
yeah, so there's five on five play. There's it's and like you said earlier, it's like missed assignments by like literally everyone. You know, like mostly I think I honestly think most of it is on the forwards at this point. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I'll say that with the simple point of you know, Burns is better at defense than Carlson, but both Burns and Carlson are played and are paid the way they are to score points and think of offense first. And like Carlson has never been great at defense. Burns is bigger and can just throw his body around and, you know, move people out of the way in ways that Carlson can't. Carlson, uh, you know, uses his stick more than maybe needs to rely on his stick more than Burns does. But, uh, yeah, there's just like not hard to play against in front of the net by the defense. They're turning the puck over a lot, but, um, you know, if no one's there to receive the pass, it's like if a quarterback has a ball and the receivers were told to run a route and the quarterback drops back and, you know, has one second to throw the route, you know, throw the ball and he throws the ball and the player doesn't run the route, they're like, whose fault is that? You know, it's like, well, it's kind of both. But the quarterback can't get just not throw and get sacked every time. Yeah. Know? So that's kind of how I feel with Burns and Carlson because they're the quarterbacks of our entire system. Like not only on the power play, but they start the rush when they're on the ice, and the two of them are on the ice pretty much for the majority of the game if you combine their ice time. And so, you know, they start the rush pretty much every single time, and they have their looks that they try to get. And if you're not in the right place, then they can't do anything. The whole system goes out of whack. And I think a lot of that falls on the forwards not playing well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if it's not Burns and and Carlson, like if we say it's Dylan and uh, Ferraro who are on the ice and, uh, you know, they're taking away people in front of the net correctly, like it's still the forwards still have the other, you know, three forwards on the other team to try to handle. Yeah. You know, the, the de- it's not just defense playing defense, it's the whole team playing defense. And like the Ehlers goal, I think to, or maybe it was Ehlers, but the third goal that Winnipeg scored on that game against us, even though we got 50 shots up by the end of the game, you know, that third goal that they scored really close to the end of the game, it was because uh, someone just literally just like walked straight into the middle of the ice just above between the dots and directly center in front of the goal mm-hmm. untouched. And they got a pass and it was like a one-timer shot. Of course, that's a hard shot to stop. Right. But like, why was he able to get there untouched and like no one even getting a, a body on him or a stick on them? Because it's just a missed assignment. Yeah. And I think that, that those couple words missed assignment is, is been huge mm-hmm. this season for the team in general. So whether it's forwards or defense, I think I think team team defensive assignments have been uh, a big problem with the breakaways earlier in the season, and then which is which has died down. It has died down. I will say that. But now, yeah. I mean, specifically breakaways. Cor- correct. But it doesn't mean that the play correct. is better. I mean, um, I I think it's a bit more nuanced because we could say you know defense. Mm-hmm. We often think of you know is it like man coverage? Are you collapsing down the defensive zone? But my mind goes to other things, like something that's been driving me crazy. Even in the playoffs last year, I think they were having a lot of trouble with this, is zone exits. Zone ex- exits. Ugh. Can't talk. Yeah. I mean, that, that aspect of their game, like they're struggling and, and 
diverting so much energy to try and get out of their zone. And so many times they're failing, coughing it up, giving it up at their own blue line, leading to extended offensive time for the other team, or they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, fumbling with the, the puck between the D man or, or the center and the D man behind the net. And, and then mm-hmm. that just gives the, the four checkers on the opposition more time to get in and create more havoc. I mean, the, the, the cleanliness of getting out of their zone is a big issue, right? And if that's an issue, yeah. then you can't really go through the neutral zone well because the other team is already set up to clobber yeah. you. And, uh, yeah. and, and then on top of that, the, there's, like, you said, like we've been talking about, these missed assignments when the t- other team is in the zone, you know, there's a forward that's, that's lollygagging that doesn't stay on their man or uh, the break. Or just a puck, like, uh, I think it was Hurdle when Ehlers scored that goal, or maybe it was in the Vancouver game when they scored a goal against, he literally was, like, following the player that Burns was on. Yeah. Like, it was, like, Burns was on his assignment, and Hurdle was just, like, two-on-one-ing the guy for no reason, just totally puck-watching and following the guy for no yeah. reason. And then they and, scored because he was out of position. some of that, I think, uh, it, it might have to do with communication, you know, if, if, you're, if you're going mm-hmm. to break away from your typical assignment, right? And that might be part of that, that psychology, that, that mental aspect, you know, they want to do that extra. They want to go, they want to support, but you're playing out of the system, playing out of your role. And you're actually creating a hole that yeah, exactly. you, like the what intention you said. is good, but the intention in mm-hmm. your sport, I mean, you have to play the system and cover well, or you're just going to get, you're just going to get blasted. Right. So that that's happening a lot. So maybe there's miscommunication happening there. I think some of it is that they're just losing battles or of effort, right? That's what DeBoer have said. 50, 50 battles. I mean, that always gets brought up on the broadcast, but I think so much of hockey is that like, are you going to be faster? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be tougher to get body position? Cause body position is huge, right? If you don't have mm-hmm. that, then you're at risk of, taking a penalty because you're going to overextend yourself in a way that's not legal, or you're just going to get beat on the play and then they're going to have control over the puck and in a way that you can't stop. So, and to your point, the sharks are, uh, the, like one of the most penalized teams. Yeah. So, right. And it's not because we're getting too many men on the ice or puck over glass or whatever. It's tripping slashing. They're getting beat. They're getting physically outmatched. Yeah, they're getting beat, right? and that's a big problem. Yeah, totally. Um, mm-hmm. So, and it's you know, you see it. it you saw it in the Banks game in the first few games of the season where he just got out hustled. Timo looks like like that soft word really applies to the way he's been playing this season, which is so sad because he's such a tough guy. He's like a bull. Yeah, he's been such a bull. I know. He's like looks timid in comparison to how he used to play, right? Yeah. It's it's really disappointing. I, I literally have called him El Toro before. Yeah, and I will. I, I do yeah. want to talk about Brendan Dillon a little bit because I think he's still playing really tough. But uh, you know, there's a few plays where he probably should have been suspended a game or two in in the last Dude, few games. He's crossed the line he a has, couple times. Yeah, he's playing. I don't think he's intending to injure, but he's diverting his energy to like finish hits. Which is like, okay, like you're playing hard, but it's just mis it's like misplaced energy, you know? It's not that he's Yeah, doing like t- the hit against Vancouver last yeah. night, the guy behind the net who left the yeah. game. Like that was like so late. Yeah. Like he the guy like made a pass and then it was more than one and a half seconds before Dylan 
like just like laid him out and like Dylan went around the net on the other side to like hit him when he wasn't looking. Maybe the guy should be looking, but it doesn't matter. Dylan still clobbered him super yeah. late. And then I, he left the it's game. A... And he had that high hit on Matthews. Yeah. Which I think was fine. It was finished high, which is not fine. But it wasn't late or anything like that that I remember. And the, and the, uh, I think he even had another the, one too. The other thing was it wasn't actually anything that happened. But you could see in the Boston game, he was like going to jump into his shoulder to the head against uh, – what's his name? Uh, Brad Marchand or something. And he avoided oh, it, he thankfully. Yeah. But, like, what he I did, he that. just, like, launched his body up in the air, which probably should have been suspended just for intent. Like, you should not leave your feet like no, that. No, I mean, that's not how it works, but I know why you feel but that. It's not how it works, but that's a good question. Like, should that be how it works, right? <laughs> like, if you see somebody do something, that intent is clear, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's – anyway – I think the way that he's been playing of like, you know, lining people up for hits, it's, it's a miss. It's a misappropriation of the skill that he has, you know, Brendan Dillon, if the team is playing well, he should not. Yeah. He can lay a big hit every once in a while, but he should not. It's like, he's diverting his energy. I'm going to play hard and still get these hits, but like that shouldn't be necessary to like do these borderline crossing the line hits. Um, because yeah, the team I mean, we is don't struggling, like right? Pretty. So, yeah, it's always been a part of his game to play hard. But he does—he hasn't crossed the line I'm with like you, this before. You don't... Yeah, exactly. And honestly, it could just you know be bad timing on his part too. Like, it's not like he's—we don't know his brain. We don't know what he's thinking. We don't know that he's purposely maybe feeling extra pressure to make a big hit and then getting in these bad situations like we can't say that yeah i it's it's a bit of assumption on my part but i I, maybe it's some frustration because he wasn't really doing this before but uh, yeah because we don't we don't no one wants to see their team beat the bad guy and make you know illegal illegal hits that should have been suspended or or, or looked at or fined or like you don't want to see your player like looking for another guy yeah and i think i think more loosely aside from the the player safety stuff which like i said i think he probably should have gotten suspended on a a couple of those but um i think more loosely it kind of ties into that wasted energy argument i mean you could see the sharks working hard to futility and and we, we i talked about the defensive and zone and some with the neutral zone but when it comes to the offensive system of play, I mean, they're still playing the system, right? Where they, you know, they dump it in or they skate it in, they play along the boards, but man, especially lately, like the one and done chances or getting it back to the point, but they shoot into, they shoot right into the opposing player or it gets like halfway to the net, three quarters to the net. And then it's a, it's a giveaway or turnover and it doesn't result in anything. Um, or they can't even get a shot on net in the offensive zone. I mean, it's just been pulling yeah. teeth to even get anything happening. And and this is going back to something you said yeah. earlier that I wanted to say. Um, you said when we were having a lot of trouble with zone exits, and as you start in the defensive zone, like the amount of creativity is minimal, and the amount of structure is maximal. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the neutral zone, and those get a little bit more even. Yeah. And then you get in the offensive zone, and then maybe structure, while still important, plays a little bit less to creativity. Yeah, that's right? an excellent point. Yeah. And so the reason 
a good reason why we're having all these issues with zone exits is because our system is not being executed well. Mm -hmm. Right. So then they have trouble through the neutral zone so that when they're set up in the offensive zone, they don't have time to, you know, make the plays that they've been making before, or they aren't in the right spots to do that, or they entered poorly so that there's uh, really good coverage on them or something like that, which just kind of bleeds into everything you're saying. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing is, it's like everyone is playing bad. So when you say, oh, well, it's, you know, Burns and Carlson giving the puck up too much. It's like, well, even if they fix that, the forwards are like literally all of the forwards, except for maybe Evander Kane, who's somehow scoring for this team. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone else is playing poorly. So, okay, you fix the two main culprits on defense that people are, <clears throat> sorry, maybe correctly or incorrectly pointing fingers at, but then you still have 12 forwards. And let's randomly say the fourth line's playing well or something like that, because Goudreau seems to be doing so. And then Evander Kane's doing that. So let's say maybe nine forwards still need to fix up their plate. And then whoever's in net 100% has to fix their plate. And then why are we still 15 games into the season and not much has changed? You look at coaching. And maybe you look higher at uh, the general manager. But I think it's just, it's just everything is broken. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I think one area where we disagree a little bit on is the goalies. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I, I think you made okay. an excellent point with what you just said about kind of the, the shifting ratios of creativity to the system. Mm -hmm. And I will add that um, just, just playing off what you said, because I think that's a good way to, to frame it. I, I, it's probably not like that a hundred percent of the time, but I definitely see where yeah, you're going I agree. with that. And when it comes to mm -hmm. that sense of, you know, by your standard, that sense of, you know, creativity in the offensive zone kind of takes over, but just, we're not really seeing that, you know, we're, we're seeing them yeah. trying to work this system, you know, D to D pass at the blue line, trying to get along the boards, back passes or four passes, four passes along the boards, depending on what's available. But, but there's, it's, it's so unidimensional. Like it doesn't, it doesn't mm -hmm. get freed up the borders. Like I only see them really playing along the borders and they can't, they can't get to the slot. They can't, they can't get to between the circles. Yeah. They can't even get to the circles. And I like seeing them yeah. play Vancouver last night. It's like all Vancouver had to do was play, play close, like man D, especially down low and get in the way of shoot, shooting and passing lanes, like rel like sort of average. Well, <laughs> they would, they would stop. And they pucks. did. They had 20, 20 plus block shots. Yeah, last night. Like how, I, that's the thing I was thinking about mm -hmm. the game. I was watching the game. It's like, I, I wonder what the percentage of blocked shots is right now. Or, or, and then beyond that, like uh, passes or attempted passes leading to giveaways or turnovers. Cause it must've been yeah. well, that's exceedingly all there. high. All, the stats are there. Yeah. And so that's that, that join me in stats. I know I, I should, I need to get, you, should, you it, know, you know, Matt, you know, stats. <laughs> it's you hard know for me to start doing something that I'm not used to, but that's, that's what I had on my you should mind do it. because, you know, I could see it unfolding. Yeah. Like they could not like Vancouver was doing yeah. great. They just had to do something very simple, like play close to the mm -hmm. body and get in the way of shot shooting and passing lanes, just like average or maybe less than average and they would be fine. Right. Cause the sharks just couldn't yeah. get anything. And, and again, that, that mental aspect, like, are you, are you uh, for lack of a better term, just using this 
commonly used hockey analogy, like gripping the stick too tight, just trying to play the system too hard and not really letting your skill well, we know it's not that. <laughs> to be creative. Like they, they're just none of that right now. Right. Yeah. It, it's driving you crazy. Yeah. And, and totally. And I agree. Like that's to, to bring this point more to a, a focal, uh, you know, focal edge. Like you had mentioned, you start to, to think about the coaching and the general manager, but like if, if the coaches are, are maintaining the system that can't adapt when, a, when another team is countering it, you know, you've mentioned like Vegas is uh, exhibit A in this sense. Like the Sharks do not know how to camp- counter uh, Vegas's style. They did not know how to adapt against Vancouver, who were just doing simple things to beat them. Um, like, yeah, there well, should I think be Vegas more. And Vancouver right? are two different things because I think we've seen. I'll, I'll move on to another point after yeah. this, but I will say that we've seen since Vegas has entered the league that when both teams are executing at a high level, which we've seen, um, the Sharks have not been able to do that this season, that when both teams are executing at a high level, the system, the, the Vegas Golden Knights have countered, like almost perfectly countered the Sharks system. Mm-hmm. And you can look at tweets from me. You can look at tweets from, there's this guy at Prospect Geek, who's a big Sharks fan. Uh, he, I think his name's Chris Edwards. There's a lot of people who point this out after a Vegas game. You just, it, there's countless examples of exactly how they pick apart our system mm-hmm. and DeBoer never adjusts. Yeah. And that's a knock on him. Last night versus Vancouver, we just sucked. <laughs> like they're, they're better than they were last team. You know, they're solo coming out of this, uh, basically, um, you know, a, a rebuild, but it's not like a scorched earth rebuild. Because like you're seeing, when things start to go bad, it's hard to shake, shake off the stink. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ottawa is starting to get a couple pieces here. They've been very bad for a very long time. They're starting to get seen, you know, they got Brady Kachuk. They've got... Um, Chris Tierney. Oh, yeah, they got... Well, I mean, yeah, Chris Tierney. But they have, uh, they have a couple other guys who are higher-end players. They have Thomas Shabbat. They have other stuff. And they're still terrible. And... You know, they're not ready to start turning the corner, but when teams lose for so long, like great example, uh, Edmonton, they start to get all these high, you know, high skilled guys. And then they start to think about, okay, let's turn the corner. It's not easy Mm -hmm. because the system, the, the culture of failure sticks. Yeah. Right. And it, and even within a season, it's not easy to just say, say we got one win. All right, we're good to go now we're confident yeah. again. But that confidence thing you see play out with players that have shining examples of low confidence. Like Evander Kane, so many times he entered like the zone and just at the top of the circles immediately fires a shot on net and kills a Yeah, play. he does that a lot. Right? Just, yeah, he's always done that. But sometimes he goes wide, he, like he's driving wide and doing that that's a knock against him that I don't like, but it's like, especially clear right now. It's like they get in the zone, like, Oh, I can fire it on net now. And then they fire it on net and blow the play instead of thinking, okay, this is a very low percentage play. And if the goalie saves it, it's a dead play. And then, you know, we have to battle again to get it back. Mm -hmm. You see Timo Meyer reverting back to his like early season sharks days when he first joined the team and was still taking shot selection 
like he was in the QMJHL, trying to score from any angle, regardless how far out, regardless of where he was. Yeah, you know, he's taking shots from everywhere. Yeah, and it's just bad. Yeah, I I think Vancouver they did play bad, but like I, the point I was trying to make is the the they were the the system was still adhered to, but it just mm-hmm. you know it wasn't working right. So just I yeah. was just saying the other team was doing something. They were playing us very well and nullifying us, and there was just there's no adaptation. And you know, there's this sense of like juggling the lines, but it's just like <laughs> that's gonna work to it to a certain extent. Like Ferraro was playing on the power play at forward at one point. It's like I mean, there's there's not like forward or defense positions on the power play, but he's it, because most teams in the league do three forwards, one D. It's just positions on the yeah, power but play. it's rare like left that side, the right forward's going to be playing down low. I mean, I, I it was one, it was like a minute and a half, two minutes, or the thirty seconds to a minute, I should say. So I don't remember exactly where he was going. Um, he was on the right side on the power was he play, on the wing, which is generally Couture's spot or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. or not Couture's spot, uh, LeBanc's spot. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, but yeah, it was a lesson, and uh, Meyer got put on the fourth line for a shift or two yeah. as a message, and then DeBoer commented on that post game saying that Timo got, you know, got the kick in the butt he needs. But I think my point to your thing is yes, Vancouver was playing us very well. Mm-hmm. And definitely like nullifying our system, but the sharks weren't even playing our system either. Yeah. I I sort of disagree, but I see what you're saying. That's I think fine. I think yeah. the thing with the coaching for me overall to sum it up is I I don't like change. It, that's my bias. It's a core bias, but <laughs> um, I think core it's easy soul. to give the coaching staff the benefit of the doubt because the system has worked to a large degree over the last few years. Um, mm-hmm. and then there's also, there's that dichotomy on the other side of things. It's like, you know, the players are just being terrible and that it's mm-hmm. really like made for the most part up to them. And, um, yeah. so it's, it's hard to just fully blame the coaching, but like, like I said, there's that element of where's this adaptation Adjust. to the system, the adjustment that's not happening. And that's pushing me more to question the coaching, coaching ability. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about goaltending. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Surprise. And I think we, I think we, surprise, it's very, I bad. think we disagree about this, but I think we're closer on this than we, than we thought in our conversation last night with each other. I think we're like hardly separated in our opinion. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Jones is bad. Dell is bad. Jones and Dell were bad last season for the entirety of the season. Yeah. Jones found his mental state and was able to put it together for a bit of the playoffs. <laughs> after the Vegas the, series. Yeah. 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 After the Vegas or series. Or actually at the and then end maybe of the game Vegas seven. series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, it was like, wow, that was a freak season. You know, what happened there? Well, 2019, 2020 season starting up, we'll, we'll have a new, they'll have an off season to adjust and learn and get better. And uh, 15 games in, nearly 20% of the season done, nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. And, and that is – now that's a body of work that comes – like how many starts did Jones get last year? Probably 50-ish, right? So he's up to something probably like 60 starts, including postseason, at least 60, where he's had you know, below average play. 
And obviously we're talking about an average. So uh, yes, there'll be a game here or there where he gets it turned around, but on average he is very bad. So that brings it down. Mm -hmm. And it's not just like, Oh, very, it's not just like, Oh, the sharks like aren't good. Their goals are not good. Like they're struggling to be NHL quality goalies at this point, given their stats. Like I'm pretty sure we are last in the league. Let me sort by save percentage wherever this is here it is we're not last you're talking about with both we're not of them last. together or just one of them yeah just the the save the team save percentage oh, okay yeah who's last devils have an have a 87.21 save percentage and what's ours ours is 87.32 so you know that's <laughs> 11 hundredths of a percent yeah so, so not going to celebrate that. So, Ian, I understand. Sorry, I want to let you finish if you have it any. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Um, I, know, I know you have stuff to say, so I definitely want to hear what you're yeah. saying. I think my point is that the body of work was all of last season, continued this season, or far enough into this season where it's shown that they, did, they have not changed. And the caveat is, is i know that jones specifically jones has the ability to be way better than he is it's within jones to do it right we yeah. saw him in the stanley cup final against uh pittsburgh and he was so good mm-hmm. we've seen him absolutely steal games in the postseason we've also seen see him make incredible saves in the regular season you know game to game to game to game and steal games outside of those moments of incredible saves Mm -hmm. Dell has had a more questionable track record um but generally he's been okay but he's had limited starts and there's been periods where he's gotten more starts and his stats start to go down as he gets a bigger workload so I tend to think that Dell is a replaceable backup yeah um so that's where I stand on that in this season in the start of last season, I know that the Sharks were, were, you know, we were playing terribly. And this season, we're playing absolutely horridly. So it's going to be a lot harder for the goalies to um, make saves because they're going to be facing more scoring chances. And if you look at the scoring chances against, high danger scoring chances against, which are basically from the crease to the dots, make a box around to the other side, and then back down to the crease. Pretty much it's if it's from that location, it's a high danger scoring chance. Mm-hmm. We're second worst in the league. Mm-hmm. The Winnipeg Jets have allowed 139 high danger scoring chances against, mm-hmm. and we have allowed 138. Mm-hmm. Out of those have been resulted in 25 goals, which is the worst. You're talking about worst save percentage on high. So out of those, out of those. Yeah. So out of those high danger scoring chances against out of those 138, 25 have resulted in goals, which is the worst in the league. Okay. Versus all, all relative saves to high danger chances. Yeah. There's the high danger saves, high danger save percentage. And we are seventh worst in the league with a 77.8%. Okay. Which I will come back to. And our teams, yeah, I already said our team save percentage. So going to what you're kind of hinting at is, yeah, we're, we're playing terrible. The team in front of them is playing terribly. 
So they're facing like Jones and Dell have no control over high danger scoring chances against, right? Like maybe Dell does when he throws the puck to their team, that's on him. But for the most part, it's not in the goalie's control. What they control is the save percentage, right? So if you look at the high danger save percentage, obviously that's a, a, a subsection of overall save percentage. So it's going to be a little bit like even the best goalies in the league, it's going to be lower than the overall save percentage, right? Because right. these chances are more likely to go in. So for reference, the best team in the league for high danger save percentage is the Colorado Avalanche with 90%. The worst team in the league is not us. It's the Minnesota Wild with 68. Mm-hmm. The average is roughly – is I'm going to pick the 15th team. Maybe we'll do a combination of 15 and 16. That comes out to 82.5. Okay. So league average, high danger scoring, high danger chances, save percentage is like an 82.5%. And what's our percentage? 77? 77. And what's the lowest? So we are again? 68. So who, Minnesota's, how many high danger chances have they okay, given so up? Okay, so it's it, the 109. And what what do they rank in high danger chances? Oh, they've given uh, up uh, eighty high danger chances against. And it, where does that rank? Low or high in the league? Uh, they're second least. So that that seems worse in a sense yeah, to me. That's, yeah, so, that's, so that's here, a problem, and their team's not doing well either. Can I can I counter this a little bit? Well, I, I only have one more sentence to say. Yeah. And then you can respond. My point is that, yes, we're giving up so much and that's affecting our team, but we're not even getting league average or from Jones where you would expect him to be better than league average save percentage in this area. And we know he has the ability to do this because he's always generally very good at a five on four penalty killing save percentage is generally pretty good. So we're like, we are below average in our high danger scoring chances with a goalie, a starting goalie who's historically has been above average. So this is a poor performance from Jones where it is not expected and Dell maybe is expected, but hopefully you'd want him at least to be average where I think he's shown in the future or in the past. Okay. All right. So I'm ready. All right. I'm ready to You're ready. half counter you here. <laughs> so, um, I, mean, I want to be wrong. I, I want to put this in a bit of a narrative format for you, right? Let's, let's say, t- I don't remember uh, Jones' stats two years ago, but uh, I assume I that they were above 900, like. right? Assuming that, yeah. yeah. So we can say he had a, a regular season. So what was happening two years ago? Did the Sharks start off their season just garbage D? <laughs> I imagine two... No, two years ago is when we lost, lost Marlowe. Two, two years ago, I think I remember they probably had a really solid season. Wasn't that the... Because wasn't... Last year, wasn't Brody Brazil talking about the previous year's record of like two or fewer? Wasn't it like a know. ton of games where they let like two or fewer? Wasn't it like over 40 games, 50 something? Well, that was the, it was the team, the season where we lost Marlowe, we we're like, okay, we're not going to score goals. So we're going to play defense. And we won the first the half of the year. So, okay. By like not letting anything my, in, playing great defense. My point is they, they were playing great defensively. Jones was able mm-hmm. to do a solid job goaltending, right? That, 
again, that feeds my point. Like this matters. If your team is playing garbage defensively, hundred it's, it's definitely going to affect your goaltenders. We know that this started last year with all the, and I kind of vaguely remember this. You probably remember it a bit better. They were giving up a lot of odd man rushes similar to this season at the beginning of the season. And mm-hmm. the, the goalies were getting pasted. Right. Um, yeah. I'm just going to say, I'm not going to talk about Aaron Dell very much. Cause I do think he just That's is fine. truly bad. Um, this, this is more of a defense, <laughs> defensive Jones. Um, but we, like you said, we've seen Jones have this, this next level. He has the capacity to, to be great. We saw it in last year's playoffs after he was terrible. And we mm-hmm. saw it in 2016. And uh, mm-hmm. in, in the other playoff years, he was good, right? So last year, he definitely had a bad season. Even though the team got it back together, you know, he, he was playing below average. I definitely agree with that. So now we're going into – we already talked about last year's playoffs. Now we're going into this season. We're, we're 15 games in. You're saying – your point is that we're, we have enough of a sample data to see, you know, his, per, his percentage is low. The high danger percentage is, is low relative to the rest of the league, right? But I think this can't mm-hmm. – this, this point of the, the team playing terribly in front just, like, can't be underestimated. Because I think when you look from game to game – No, I, I agree. It, you, you and like I said, we we probably agreed more than we had maybe thought through text last night. But you look game to game. There have been games where he was has been making kind of saves and keeping the team in it, maybe in a way that he wasn't quite doing so well last year. Even in my opinion, now he's still struggled in games. You know, that second game of the season against Vegas and uh, a number of other games, right? but he still had some really good performances at the same time. And in those good performances, obviously the team has lost 11 games. Now you can say, where was the team scoring when he was keeping them in it? Oh wait, there was no Mm -hmm. scoring. We couldn't win because we can't score five on five. Yeah. So we're losing games in those instances, not because of goaltending, but, because the team isn't doing well enough to do anything otherwise about it. Like if he's going to let in three goals, even or t- three or less, like that's already above the capacity for the sharks. It seems. Yeah. Like you, you should yeah. be like, yes, you want to get let, let in two goals or less, but you should still be able to win some games. If you let in three goals. <laughs> right. And yeah, and, 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 not, I, I hear I, that hold, point. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I, All right. I, that's not my, sh- my point here and to, to see what you're saying, I definitely see what you're saying about the high danger to- scoring chances. And I think that is a stat that probably needs to be, I, I, for one, I don't think this is enough time to really judge that with how terribly the team 15 games is pretty close to, I don't uh, think that's a good, I think a statistics wise, that's not like, if you asked me to do a research study on 15 participants, no, that's like, not very that's not very <laughs> that's not solid i think data it's i think it's to me yeah that's like well, you're talking that's about like, like oh we can field, infer some different. stuff but it's not too great right like that, okay if you get closer to 20 people recognize 20 as like a reasonable sample size that, to start with that's just a, that's just a written measure. The, the higher sample size you get the better right Yes, games. but my point is, is that we're looking not only at this season, but also the I'm no, entire no, 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 season no, 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 no. before that. I'm not, I'm not including last season. I have already admitted he okay. had a bad season last season. No, 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 no. I, I'm saying, given the circumstances here, there is not an opportunity for the goalies to, to thrive at, like, at all. And in regard to no, this, I agree. That. Into this, I agree. So you're, he's already at a disadvantage in that sense. Now, when you totally. look at this high danger save percentage, the Sharks are worst and 
they're worst in chances allowed, right? Or second worst in high danger yeah. chances. So what does that tell you? Nothing, you do have a good. good sample size, a better sample size for high danger chances. Now, is that, mm-hmm. that the closer that number gets to a thousand, 10,000, a million, that's yeah. probably going to get worse and worse. That number of high danger chances uh, allowed. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not sure how this will work, but I, I the point it's I'm trying to make is since the sharks have so many high danger chances allowed, their likelihood to having a worse percentage because they're high danger chances is probably going to be higher. Right now, if you look at, that's why I asked about Minnesota, because if they have very few, well, high no, because you're, you're roughly, you're roughly expected to save 82% of these high danger chances. So as long as, as you increase your high danger chance, like if you get more high danger chances and you continue to save them at the league average rate of about 82, then you're essentially doing your job. You're talking about, is that from data in the past or just this season? I've looked at last season and it was each time I have looked at high danger save percentages, Mm -hmm. the average seems to be roughly 80, 81, 82. So forget. Yeah. I probably was too rash in saying the whole high, high number is probably going to go closer to 50. That's probably necessarily true. It's probably going to even out. It's not true. So, but what I'm saying is the more number that there's, there's probably that variation is poor more likely i would say right so 77 five percent off from 82 percent, right that's 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 not strong enough right for me to, to i just i fundamentally disagree when you're dealing with 100 data points plus i mm, no there's there's too much vi- that's your that's too, your bias no there's too much variability in. in there i i disagree <laughs> i think that i think that that number of high danger chances and that percentage is not that's probably not absurd given the circumstances. That's the thing though. We're dealing with a sport. So much of this is circumstantial and that can't be, that can't be negated. Right. I do think there's value because we're discussing this, but I think that number and the the percentage is, I, I can't infer too much from that right now. Now, Minnesota who has very few high danger chances, but has a high low percentage. I mean, that probably it's says a little bit few. more. It's 80. Huh? It's 80. That's not small. It's not. Yeah, but I'm saying it's not small. So, yeah, it's got that number, but they have a low percentage, uh, low percentage, even amidst the lower number. So that's probably worse in my mind. Right. Um, I, I just disagree with you. And that's okay. I, I, th- I think it's clear. Like, if you look at the games, what you don't see, to, I think what you're to summarize what, how I'm hearing you say it is, you know, starting the game, Jones makes some saves and some high danger saves, but eventually, you know, lets in one or two. There's zero confidence from the team in front of them historically for the season showing that they can score one or two. Mm -hmm. So if they get another high danger chance and it happens to go in, you know, what's the difference between losing three, one or four, one. So, you know, it feels like even if he lets in a goal, it's, it's already, you know, if he lets in two goals or more, then it just seems like, you know what, we have no chance to win. I hear that from you, and I do agree because the team has shown that the majority of the game is played at five and five, and we can't do anything. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I do not think you can disagree with the fact that there is a step away from the league average showing that 
our goalies are not performing at the average. I, I do want to say, I don't want to completely, I'm not saying I just don't believe. You are, you come across as if you are completely just. No, 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 no. I'm not, it. I want to clarify. I'm not saying that that stat is not valuable, but I'm saying where we stand now, that's not, that doesn't tell me enough right now. I think it's, I think the sample size I think is it still tells too you small. Given the circumstances, it tells you something, though. It tells me. Some- I don't think you completely. Ignore it tells it. me something, and that's something I'm going to file away, and that's something that's definitely worth looking at as the season progresses. But I think, given the circumstances with this amount of time so far, I don't think that's. I don't think that's valuable enough to look at the goalie's performance per- performance yet, right? And I will say to your point, that's just a, a bounding box, and there is some more that goes into it, but. You know, what's the same percentage likelihood of uh, tapping from the other side on an empty net, right? Mm-hmm. Same percentage on that is probably like 0.1. Yeah. Like the expectation of that. So there is, like, I do understand and I do hear what you're saying and I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. My point is, is that there is data and there is a reasonable enough sample size to show that there is signal here. Yeah. Maybe the signal is not as strong as some would say, and maybe it's not as weak as some would say, but there is signal. And we also have video evidence. We see these games happen, and we see that Jones, um, it, there's a lot of times where it's like, that's a good scoring chance, and you just need Jones to make a save there. You know, good goalies, and him specifically, they have the ability to make the save a few times where it's unexpected. Yeah, but that, and that's not happening. that's that's not strong either because I could say we have video evidence to show that's a good scoring chance and he made the save. And I you could say yeah, that for Dell or earlier or Jones. Yeah, yeah, like when it's close, you know, I see that I see that coming in and like I I do see him making saves early, but then as the game goes on, you know, they continue to get these saves and you know he's not unbreakable, and so I do think your point earlier comes into play too, is that like, yeah, you know, a breakaway chance when it's three, one, it's maybe, you know, maybe it mentally, it affects him more and it's harder for him to make a save then. But when he's locked in saying, if I make this game, this save, my team can still win, mm-hmm. you know, I, I hear that. Well, there's a lot of nuance to it of like the situation, but I do want to end mm-hmm. with this. I do want to give you kudos because you brought this up already of like, you brought in the tap in like, what are these high danger chances? Cause there's a lot of variation. I think you had a Twitter. Uh, I did you had a Twitter thread that I thought was really good. Cause you drew, you drew attention to this issue. If you guys want to check it out, check out Ian's uh, Twitter. It was a, it was a couple weeks back, but you kind of drew attention to, to looking at this issue of, you know, not, not all high danger chances are created equal, right? Like, yeah. deflection goals where it completely changes directions. Like you could say that a goalie will just be lucky to save that. Right. That's, that's not skill. Right. Yeah. That's just, I mean, there is skill being in the right spot, but it's not, as, it depends on the, the direction of the deflection. Be... Right. And it depends on where the deflector is. It depends on where the goalie is in the, it, there, there's a lot of chance. Yeah, there. You could say that the expected save percentage on that type of yeah. high danger chance, maybe it's closer I think, to 50. I think more like nuanced data would be interesting. And I think the point, and the thing is, the sad thing is, is we can't get it. Yeah. We won't get it. So NHL teams have that. We don't have that. That would be great to know. And I think that you draw attention that. to that. Cause like you said, it's, it's like you were drawing attention to it's not all created equal so i appreciated that and i think that that is at play like you said totally um player tracking data is coming soon to the league i think next season 
Um, and if any of that leaks to be public, that would be amazing. That would be good. But I will say and then I'll be something justified. that you may not know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. Something that you may not know, <laughs> yeah. Migs, is that these, these expected goals models and these um, every single shot that is recorded by the NHL has a distance from the net, has an angle, and also the historical data of all preceding plays playing before that. And every single play, including shots, have an X and Y coordinate. Wow. With the new player so, talking? No, this exists right now. That's cool. So these aren't uninformed. These know that a shot from straight on is different from a shot to the side. So these aren't just dumb models where it's like, oh, it happened in this box. Oh, right. so these are actually pretty smart models. But that can and there are go people so who now work. There are people who now work for NHL teams having started in the advanced stat community saying that these models say similar things to the actual real NHL data. So they're not to be ignored. They're not as accurate because they only have the data that we're given. But if the expected goals of this shot or whatever is supposedly really good in the public available model, it might be less accurate, but it's still going to be really good for the internal model. So I don't think we can disagree with some of these well-established things like high danger scoring for chances and stuff. And I don't think you're, I don't say that you're disagreeing on the stat. This is more just like a general statement because you are right on sample sizes for sure. But uh, maybe listeners didn't know that, that there is actually a ton of data for every single thing that happens. You can identify a rush chance based on the data stream that comes in too. So we should just do an it's all very interesting. stats podcast. <laughs> just kidding. I'm, uh, I would not so have I'm as working much fun on... with that as you would. <laughs> I'm working on uh, my uh, thing on Twitter yeah. that people probably have seen where I'm, I'm building all this and you can see, you can see whatever you want. My code is available for the public to consume. Well, check that out. You could check. Uh, yeah. What's your, what's your Twitter, ha- Twitter handle? Here? My Twitter handle is at Ian said so. Ian said so. And I'm at dmix 22, but I, I won't be commenting on that stuff. <laughs> I won't be posting anything of that. Regard you better like all of my tweets and not comment. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I will say, let's uh, let's end with maybe like a, a minute each on where we think the coaching is. Let's let's end with mm, that. I don't know because I think we should. I think that. I've already said my piece. I think if this badness continues, I'd I'd be okay with the change, but I'm not sure how good that is for the team. Um, for the rest of the I think season, the question, I'm kind of fifty fifty yeah. still. I'm probably sixty forty. Keep the coach versus. Well, I'm probably 70, 30, keep the coach versus not keep the coach still. Uh, what are you on? Something needs to change regardless of what it is. Mm, like? Like an active change. Like 100%. Not, the players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think for the fire Peter DeBoer crowd, I think I don't necessarily agree with uh, I'll, some of the points that people make, but at the point that I am starting to agree with now is that it is DeBoer's job to motivate the players, to get them to buy into the system, to get them to execute the system. And at the start of last year, it just didn't work. And it seemed like it was out of the coach's hands last year for the players to buy in, right? It was the Doug Wilson team meeting with the players. It was the team only meeting after that to the Ottawa loss that turned things around. It didn't seem like it was the coach that really made that choice for him. And we have the same thing again after a season where after that point they had bought in 
and you saw the effects when they were like basically the best team in the NHL for like two months. And, uh, you know, why do we have to make these choices again when you've already seen the effects where it took you to the Stanley Cup final in 2016? It took you to the Western Conference final last year. You know, you were only, we all saw how game one versus St. Louis went. That was a blowout in favor of the Sharks. And, you know, if we could have stayed healthy, it could have gone very differently for us. We didn't. And, you know, that's that. And that's totally fine. But I buy, I'm buying in more on the fact that it's on the coach. Yes, he's a smart coach, but if people start stop listening to you, then you're just talking to nothing. Yeah. Doesn't work um, anywhere. And you can't fire 20 players yeah. in a season. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in favor of something happening because we're close to the point. Like, honestly, we're talking like five, 10 more losses where we drop in the standings in the Pacific Division. Um, let's just bring up the wild card standings right now. Um, the Sharks are third in the Pacific. Let's just see if this is the right season. It's not. I was like, that can't be true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We are we are completely last in the Western Conference playoff uh, wild card spot. So we're 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 ninth in the wild card standings after uh, one through three for the Central Division and one through three for the Pacific. And we have nine points and Vegas is in the first wild card spot tied with Calgary. They have 18 Arizona after them has 17. You know, we are in a hole early and the rest of the NHL continues with the rate that they're at. And it's going to be hard to be not just average, but so much better that we can cut away at that hole. And we're at the point where we, we might miss the playoffs even if something happened, we magically turned around right now. We're losing the ability to have it in our control. Yeah, it's bad. And with this roster, we should not miss the playoffs, especially this year when our first round pick we do not own. And it's not lottery protected. So no matter if we finish the last in the league, we got the first overall pick. Ottawa owns it, and we will never be able to get it back yeah. unless we trade, make a separate trade to get it back. Yeah. So maybe we make a trade with another team is sucking, but they're not going to give away their pick that makes them feel better about how the season went, you know, like they're rebuilding. Yeah. So we're almost at a hole where something needs to happen. Uh, historically in Florida and in New Jersey, they both had great first two seasons, first couple of seasons when DeBoer was there. And by the fourth season, I think he had worn out his welcome and he got fired after that both times. Maybe the same thing's happening here. His, uh, he's just lost the player's years, something like that. We have no clue. But I think something needs to happen soon. If, something does, if, the, if this stays the same for the, through November and nothing happens, I hope we don't get there. Something needs to happen if things don't improve. Yeah. Before the We're hoping for a turnaround. I think if the coaches are fired, mm-hmm. though, I, I, I worry about the alternatives. But because because that that's, that change that that's change Doug Wilson's job to find someone I know I think the change can be helpful regardless sometimes but what is that going to mean long term so well if we have to fire the coach mid season the season's already lost mm-hmm. and and in terms of making the playoffs or not right if you don't make the playoffs your season's a dud mm-hmm. right because you don't have a chance to win the Stanley Cup 
and we're not a rebuilding team. So if we don't make the playoffs, we can't get to the dance. Our season's a dud. Doesn't matter if we missed it by 50 points or by 10 points. Yeah. But 10 points is still a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, know? you mean, you mean two so, points? So maybe or, that's a player yeah, trade. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe that's a player trade. Maybe it's a coaching change. Timo, what if Timo gets traded? <laughs> I was wondering that. Like, what if Timo gets traded while his value is still. <laughs> So I'm saying Timo's Timo's value right now is not very good. If you were to say who's going to get traded, I would say it's probably you could, Dylan. You could still get away with like because Timo's good. He's just going through a slump, and a, uh, another team would be happy. Yeah, to take he's him. too he's too young. Yeah, to, like, to give up, they would not cut that asset yeah. loose. But you know, Dylan is at the end of his contract, and he is playing amazing. He's been played really well for the next couple, for the past couple of years. And he's only making $4 million. He is not going to make $4 million. He can make $6 million or plus. Mm-hmm. The Sharks cannot afford that. I don't know about $6 so, million for Dylan, but yeah. <laughs> he, he could bring I in I think something. a lot of people are making a lot of money, and I think he could make money. Yeah. And I, I wonder if we can keep him. And, you know, if the season keeps on going this way, I think we could not see him on our roster because he's a, a sell-high asset right now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we sell high and get a good pick in return or something like that, or a good prospect to make the season a little bit worth it. But yeah, not looking good. All right. Well, let's hope for a turnaround. Uh, we hope you guys will mm-hmm. join us next time. Thank you for tuning in. If there's anybody listening, thank you. And uh... there is. <laughs> there's like there's like eight people. So. No, there's more. I have the stats. <laughs> you, you and your stats, right? We each we appreciate each and one of you. <laughs> each one of you, we can count count on our fingers <laughs> anyway all right it's been fun um we got to keep these shorter though man yeah well it's sad yeah it's it's morning time when things go Pre- well there's not much to talk about when things go bad yeah a lot potential pre-morning time anyway all mm-hmm. right well go sharks regardless hopefully they can turn please. this around please go sharks. please go sharks. yeah please be next, until next time bye-bye yeah. all right bye <laughs>